and chillin' with Dr. Barry. This is episode number 12. Thanks for listening to the Lunch and Learn with Dr. Barry, here to help educate, motivate, and put you on the right path to take control of your health through weekly discussions on topics in the medical field, public health arena, and in your community. And now your host, Dr. Barry. Welcome to the Lunch and Learn with Dr. Barry. Today we're going to be talking about depression which is something that I deal with in my office quite often. We're going to be talking about some signs and symptoms of depression, what you should be looking out for, not only in yourself, but in family members and others. We're going to be talking about uh, different treatment regimens uh, that can assist with depression. Again, and you know, we'll, we'll definitely get into counseling. You guys know how I I like to talk about counseling. And if you would like some show notes, please go to drpiersblog.com forward slash LLP012. Again, if you would like the show notes, please go to drpiersblog.com forward slash LLP012. Get ready for another great episode. Uh, today's topic, uh, again, not not somber, but today's topic uh, is almost maybe as quick depressing um, in in regards to depression in the primary care office and uh, more importantly, the lack of, you know, screening for depression, uh, especially by primary care physicians. I just yesterday just read, read an article yesterday. That's, I think it's going to be in the uh, American Journal of Psychiatry, I believe, uh, or the Annals, Annals of Psychiatry uh, that talked about uh, even though, um, you know, guidelines are said and, you know, all these, you know, these new rules and, you know, mandates are saying, you know, screen for depression, screen for depression. Uh, you know, we're still not doing it. Hey, Marie, thank you for joining. Thank you for liking and sharing. Um, like always, when you join, go ahead and press that like button, press that share button. Uh, you know, let the whole world know um, uh, of, uh, you know, the lunch alert. You know, the article that is going to be published in Annals of Psychiatry and then talked about uh, how the incidence of uh, screening in, uh, for depression in the primary care office is like abysmal. And uh, when we talk about abysmal, the the rates and and first of all, let's let's give a little quick background, right? Um, during your annual visit, your your routine annual visit, um, one of the things that uh, insurance companies are now paying for, and this is important, uh, they're now paying for, is for you guys to get your uh, a depression screening. And depression screening isn't a hundred different questions; just a couple questions here and there. I, I usually ask about five or six questions. There are like standardized ones. Um, but about five or six questions, just kind of seeing, you know, the overall state. Hey, Jen, thank you for joining. Thank you for liking. Thank you for sharing. Appreciate that, my cousin Jen. Um, we're talking about depression today. For so so again, the, some some screening questions where you know they're they're pretty much now paying doctors to like say, hey, you know, ask your patients, um, are they depressed or could they be depressed or could they be dealing with you know you know factors that could lead to depression. And uh, the numbers were startling. I think the, the, the screening rate is only about 4%. Like, so only 4% of times when you're actually going to the doctor's office is your primary care doctor even asking you, uh, you know, are you depressed or, you know, asking you questions that could, um, you know, lead to believe that you're, you're depressed. And, and it's, it's even worse when we talk about African-Americans. I think that number was down to like 1% to 2%. So, you know, we, we have this and, uh, and the flip caveat is, is that out of that 4%, only 
almost 50% of the time when they ask, like, hey, are you having, you know, trouble, you know, issues with depression, sadness, guilt, anything in that, uh, that kind of led them in that direction, uh, fit, almost 50% of the time they were actually correct. Like 50% of the time they actually diagnosed a person um, with depression. Uh, so, and so, again, so the, the question is, like, why? Why, why isn't, you know, you know, the primary care doctors or your doctors in general. It doesn't have to, and I, I do state it because it doesn't really have to be a primary care doctor. It could be your cardiologist. It could be your OB. It could, it could be any doctor you're seeing. Um, you know, why aren't they asking uh, for this? And I, I think the, the big thing is a lot of them, you know, and I hate to say a lot of them, you know, just really don't care. Like, it's, um, if you don't, you know, explicitly say, hey, I am uh, depressed, um, they're not, you know, that's not really in, uh, you know, the, the front of their mind to even ask. You know, again, a lot of times, you know, when we go see a doctor's office, we're seeing them for, you know, whatever reason, back pain, you know, headaches, you know, I got a cold. Um, uh, and, you know, a lot of times that isn't in the front of their memory to even think about it. But what was happening, even when you're going in for your routine annual physical where and if you had the physical, you know, check out, I think it was episode two, I think episode two or three. When I talked about, you know, what goes on during annual physical exam, you know, it's just ain't coming out. Your question is that word. Right? Exactly. Then they're not they're not asking. And let me tell you, and that's a very good point, Jen. And let me tell you, uh, the majority, majority of my patients, right, are not flat out telling me I'm depressed, right? In fact, majority of people are never going to say, hey, I'm depressed. Um, they will usually have a lot other different issues. Um, hey, I'm having, you know, you know, trouble keeping up in school. I'm having trouble keeping up in work. I'm having, you know, I'm having some issues at home. I'm having issues falling asleep. Uh, you know, they, they're almost never going to say flat out, I'm depressed, right? So that's why it's important, especially from a physician standpoint, that we really have to kind of uh, see some of these signs and symptoms and see if there's something that we can kind of pull out. Because uh, unfortunately, that word depression uh, still is, uh, and really uh, the word depression for really, most of our mental health issues still is looked down upon especially in the African-American community, and I can speak on them, um, it's still looked down upon. It's still um, not respected. So a lot, a lot of us don't want uh, to even be kind of, quote, unquote, classified uh, in, in that realm. So when, when you start asking, especially, you know, when you start asking your patients, like, hey, you know, any issues with depression, any issues with anxiety, they're nine times out of ten going to tell you no. Right? They're not going to, oh, I'm not depressed, I'm not anxious. Uh, but when you start asking, you know, questions like, well, you know, are you having any trouble sleeping? Are you having trouble eating? Are you having trouble, you know, really, you know, coping with some of the stressful uh, things that you've been dealing with? Nate, what, Nate what's going on, Nate? Um, are you having any of these, you know, uh, issues uh, that kind of relate to depression? A lot of times they say yes. Uh, so as a, as, in your, as a primary care physician, you know, we really have to be uh, very mindful, one, of how we're asking these questions. And two, really, you know, we just have to kind of listen. You know, I, I've, I had patients who, you know, they, they come to me for, you know, very vague complaints. Don't really, it really doesn't really point to anything. Um, but when I start asking them, well, you know, how's, how's family, how's, you know, marriage, how's a relationship? When I start asking them all of these, you know, outside the box questions, um, you know, they tend to end up giving me, you know, an answer that says, hey, yeah, well, you know, I think you may be depressed. Like I got, I got patients, especially, and let me tell you, we, we're going to talk, you know, I like to talk to my men, uh, especially when it comes to healthcare, because, you know, they're supermen, right? Uh, a lot of times my men will be dealing, and men specifically, they deal with a lot of uh, financial stress, right? Where financially they can't keep up. Medically, uh, they're having problems. 
family they're having problems right and and they can tell me like hey i'm having problems sleep i'm having problems eating i'm having problems you know just trying to you know get through the day but the second i say well do you feel depressed no 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 I'm not depressed like because again that that stigma like like jen said the stigma uh is um is so detrimental in our community uh and not just our community but specifically in our communities the the the, the stigma of being depressed is so vilified unfortunately um that you know we it's very hard to even get to the next point where we're trying to try to where we're trying to treat it right so i can't even get to the point where i say hey you are depressed because and if i can't even get to that point then how can i uh, possibly treat you because the next step is like, oh, well, what do you do for treatment? You know, everyone, you know, there's, there's you know, they feel like there's medications for everything. Um, and there are, is there medication for depression? Sure. But everything, all of our guidelines and everything says that, you know, these people need, like, need someone to talk to. Like, these people actually need some, like, counseling. And then all the studies show that if they do counseling and they do some medication, because not to say that, Counseling is 100% uh, that we know they get a better outcome. Um, but unfortunately, uh, I can't even get them to the point where they even want to, like, you know, accept, you know, the diagnosis. Um, so a lot of times, it, it, you know, it takes a couple of visits. Like I got patients who and, and those patients, when, when I see them that I'll, I'll, I'll make them come see me a lot more frequently. So I'm like, oh, you know, just come see me next month, you know, so I can check out, see how your blood pressure is doing. Like, just very random, right? It has nothing to do with their blood pressure. I know they're depressed, and I know this is someone I, I, I need to really keep a little bit closer eye on. Uh, and, and again, just because I've, I've seen the signs over and over again, so I know this is a person I really need to watch, and I'll do that. So, like, I'll have them see me a little bit more frequently uh, because, you know, maybe, uh, maybe they don't want to tell me the, in the first instance, right, um, that, you know, they're depressed, but maybe after like the third, fourth visit, they'll be like, yeah, doc, you know what? Like, I, I think you're right, doc. Like, I think I, I, I may be depressed. I may be. Depressed. Yes, exactly. Getting to uh, see a therapist is extremely hard. Um, one, uh, let, let's talk about from a financial standpoint, right? Because a lot of people, for some reason, think that these, uh, therapists are like terribly expensive, right? I'm in Palm Beach County. If you Google, uh, mental health association of Palm Beach County, there's about, 20 to 30 organizations that give counseling for free, right? Uh, 20 to 30 organizations, and and that's just for the adults. If you got children who have issues, they got organizations for that. If you have elderly patients who have mental issues, they got organizations for that. So, you know, so we have to, one, as a primary care physician, make sure that we eliminate that cost excuse, right? Um, because there are, are there expensive therapists? Sure. Um, you know, those, those are, you know, the private paid therapists, you know, they see, um, and again, some people like the private pay, just so they'll pay for that. Uh, and I, 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 I fully believe for a lot of people, uh, cost is usually an excuse. They can, a lot of people can afford, you know, to pay a therapist, you know, 60, 80, 100 bucks an hour. They just rather not because, um, again, they don't want to have that stigma of um, being diagnosed with it. And then you have a lot of uh, patients who, you know, honestly can't afford it. I deal with a lot of patients um, who are on, like, the Affordable Care Act plans who have lower incomes. And they really can't afford to see, you know, a person with 60, 80, 100 bucks an hour, right? But, you know, but right when I tell them, hey, you got, you know, free options out there, all of a sudden they got excuses for the free options too. So, you know, we, we, we can't let people off. You know the hook when we talk about cost when it comes to therapy uh, because we know like I said if you stay in wherever you wherever county you stay in if you do mental health association of blank 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 county uh, you're gonna find organizations that um, uh, can offer those services for a much lower discounted um, rate if not for free 
Okay, so very, very good. So, uh, so Nate asked you how common is uh, uh, depression among people who are introverts, uh, introverts, and I think that's a very common stigma for people who are introverted that they feel like, well, you know, if they're introverted, they already don't like really being very social aspect, so they already have a higher risk of uh, being um, depressing. What tends to happen? That, that's usually not the case. Um, there really, there hasn't been anything that's shown that introverts are much more depressed than um, you know extroverts. Uh, it's just that, uh, from especially for people who are extroverts, uh, we're so used to those people being alone, and uh, we just feel like, oh, well, something's got to be wrong with them. They they never want to be around nobody. Uh, but most of your introverts, you know, really uh, enjoy being alone. It's, it's like something that they kind of look forward to, and you know, putting them in that state where they're around a whole bunch of people is actually a little bit more detrimental. Uh, from a mental aspect of it. So there really isn't any um, a bias as far as who's going to be more depressed, uh, whether they, you know, they're that outgoing or whether they're just one that's just kind of um, like socially re uh, reclusive uh, from that aspect there. Uh, but what, what tends to happen again, you know, like life, life happens to everybody, you know, so, you know, financial issues happen to everybody. Relationship issues happen to everybody. Um, and we're not even talking about, you know, like, you know, boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife. We're talking about, you know, brother, sister, mother, father, uncle. Like, you know, there's a lot of uh, a lot of family dynamics uh, that can play a part in, in a person being depressed. Uh, we know that the studies show that, you know, if you have a family member who's depressed, um, and you kind of grow up watching them in their depressed states, you have a higher likely ability to likely likelihood of being depressed as well, because, you know, you just kind of you, you kind of simulate some of their uh, same and, uh, same common characteristics uh, in that regards. And again, not to say that you'll because, you know, someone in your family is depressed, you'll automatically be it. Uh, but you do have an increased chance to be in it. And I think the big part and I think, you know, physicians, uh, we have some of the I think we, we carry such a big burden because a patient is more likely and like, like the Maria said, a patient is more likely to see me for whatever. They're like they're likely they're going to likely interact with me before they interact with uh, the mental health therapist. Right. They're more likely to interact uh, with their OB, their their chiropractor, their dentist. They're likely to interact with those professionals uh, before they interact with uh, the mental health therapist. Why? Because, again, you know, especially in our country, our country uh, really does not like mental health. Uh, unfortunately, um, you know, in that profession is not something that they like, uh, you know, uh, dealing with. Uh, so because they they have that and that stigma, like Jen said, that stigma is there. And so they don't want even they're not even messing with it. So they rather they rather say, you know, what? I'm not even going to deal uh, with it. I'm just going to kind of, you know, accept it on my own. I'm going to kind of, quote unquote, deal with my own problems. And a lot of us uh, have to understand that a lot of us can't really deal with our own problems. Um, if we could, it'd be great. But a lot of us really can't deal uh, with the constant uh, stress of, you know, what school may be doing to you, the constant stress of what your job may be doing to you, the constant stress of what your mom, uh, your father, your boyfriend, your husband, your, your wife. A lot of us really can't deal with that on a consistent basis. And sometimes when, you know, when we send, you know, send patients to, because uh, I refer a lot to uh, the primary, the, the therapist as well. And the, the big thing for them is they just need someone to talk to. Like they come to see me, you know, I, you know, they can see me, you know, 15, 20 minutes, even 30 minutes. Sometimes I got some patients who like I'll block like 30 minutes because I, cause as I, I'm usually seeing for like mental health reasons. I'll block for like 30 minutes just so they can kind of like vent because a lot of people don't even have that second person that they can just kind of, you know, tell all their issues. Sometimes may, they may not even want the answer at that appointment. They just maybe just want to be able to, 
you know, take that burden off themselves and just kind of let it out uh, into the universe. Um, so, and, and, and that's, and that's important. And that's what I think that's what the your primary care physician, you know, especially um, any physician should be here for. Um, but then it's just knowing when do I, you know, go to the next level. Yes, they have to, they have to acknowledge that they're depressed, right? Because, um, and, and it's such a big thing, right? Because again, if I have a cold, right, I got no people, I got no problem telling a person I got a cold. I got no problem telling my back hurts. No problem telling, you know, uh, you know, I broke my arm, right? I got no problem visualizing that, right? Because a lot of that is something I, I can I can kind of visualize. I can kind of visualize that. But when you hear the depression, um, depression, you know, uh, pronounces itself in so many different ways uh, that there's not there's not a one stop shop, right, for it to say like, oh yeah, that person is depressed. Like there's no one you know uh, thing that I can point to and say, okay, I definitely know that the person is depressed because of this. Um, you know, I, I, there's a lot of signs and symptoms. Again, we talked about trouble sleeping, um, but then I have pe people who sleep too long. We talk about trouble eating, but then I got people who eat too much. We got we talked about trouble at work, uh, where there's where there's concentration. Then I got people who don't even work because they're 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 so depressed they don't even want to deal with anybody in that atmosphere. So there, there's such a wide range. Uh, you know, symptoms, signs and symptoms when we're dealing with depression uh, that we really have to, especially again, again, I, and, I, and again, I was hurt when I saw that article, right? 4%, 4% of uh, physicians are even screening for the depression, right? And it's crazy because now we get paid for it, right? So we can't even blame, oh, well, you know, they're not even paying for it anymore. Like we can't, we can't even blame that no more, right? We're actually getting paid. This is like it's like a little this little code I can add on to the the end of my note. We're getting paid for it. We're still not doing it, right? And then I I'm doubly hurt because if on out of the four percent, uh, even it's even less than that when we talk about African Americans, right? So again, and those I'm again I don't know I'm not sure where you're watching from. If you're watching from outside the country, if you're watching from the United States, right? African Americans deal with a lot. Right. A lot, a lot of stress on a consistent basis over and over and over again. Right. So, I mean, if anybody should be asking, hey, are you depressed? Like you should be asking your African-American patients. Right. Like it's like if you're going to ask, if you say, you know, what, I'm just going to ask, you know, one race, you're not going to. But let's say I'm going to ask one race uh, in my group, you know, are they depressed? Like, please let it be the African-Americans. Right. Like we, we got so much stuff going on right now that, you know, it's 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 crazy that we're not at least asking them. Right. Let me oh, hold on. Let me, let me see. Let me see. Pressure related to weight gain. Oh yes, yeah, so def definitely a lot of uh, um, weight gain, especially because what happens with the when you're depressed, uh, when you're depressed and you eat, uh, eating actually uh, triggers hormones that make you feel better. Right. So um, and you, you you hear a lot of people talk about like uh, you know I, I binge eat uh, because there's hormones that actually get released while we're eating. In fact, if you think about it, just like if you're hungry, like you haven't eaten, you know, all day, right? And you're about to go eat. Just the fact that you know you're about to go eat, you start feeling better, right? And then what happens, right? Like, exactly, right? So then you, you eat, you eat to feel better. You feel better while you're eating, but then you're gaining weight. So then you start feeling sad because you gain weight, right? So then you have this, this repetitive cycle that happens and it happens all the time happens all the time right this repetitive cycle that you really can't even get out of right you're depressed for you know all of these reasons on this side over here you eat to feel better about the depression for all these sides over here but now when we're moving forward now now i've gained 10 15 pounds to try to deal with all of the depression issues over there so it's definitely definitely a, a cycle uh that 
uh, repeats itself constantly. Uh, and again, and that's that's the thing too. Like if I see one of my patients, you know, gaining weight, I ask, you know, that's that's another my sign. Like I got a few signs that if I start seeing something that's different, um, if I see something that's different in my office, that I'll ask them, like, hey, is is everything okay right at home? And I and that's how I do it too. Like I never like I I never use the word depression. Um, I never use the word anxiety. I never use like I ever I never use those buzzwords, right? Because patients are aware of those buzzwords. Um, I just I go all around it. Like I go all like I ask like the like very vague to them. It seems vague. I know exactly what I'm asking, but like to them it seems extremely vague why I'm asking it. But like my goal um, is to eventually say like, okay, all right, that's why uh, you do. Like, well, I think you know what. I think you're depressed. Like I think you know, and and again, and a lot of times I've had patients where like I've gotten to that point, like I've confirmed it. They've answered all of the questions. They bubbled all the right answers. I tell them they're depressed. They say no, they're not depressed. I'm like, all right, no problem. Um, let's see you in two weeks for you know check your blood pressure, and then I bring it up again. And then let's see you in a month for that blood pressure. Then I bring it up again, right? Because just like my cigarette smokers. Um, as long as you're you're you feel comfortable, once you start feeling comfortable with your physician, and you, you see your, every time you go to your physician, he he's, he keeps telling you like, hey, I think you're depressed. I think you're depressed. I think you're depressed. Eventually, it's like you know what? I I think you're right, and then I'm ready to get some help, right? Uh, because again, it takes it, it's a huge step to get to that point. It's a huge step to accept it, right? Because I can call I can say you're depressed uh, a million times, right? But until you physically say, until you like internalize that, yes, I am depressed, we can't move forward. We can't move forward, but again, I mean the the and, and I'll I'll put out a link to that um that that journal article. I don't, I don't think it's posted yet, but I'll put out a link when when once it gets to it. Um, we know that if for at at least fifty percent of the time, if long as I'm doing that, uh, I'm gonna find a person who's impressed, right? But the problem is we're not even doing it that enough, right? If if fifty percent of the time, like if I told you, you had a fifty percent chance to. Uh, win the lottery, right? And all you had to do was play. What you're going to do, you're going to keep winning the lottery, right? Uh, physicians, primary care physicians specifically, especially, we have a, almost a 50% chance to uh, diagnose a person who may be depressed, who may not have told us that they're depressed, and, but for some reason we're not doing it. And right now, I, I don't, I'm not even sure why. Like I said, you get paid for it. So no, I mean, and the pay, let's say, pay may be like, I don't even know. Let's say 20 bucks, 20, 50 bucks. But let's say 20, 50 bucks. You get paid 20, 50 bucks. And literally, you just got to ask. Like, it's almost like five. I think it's like, let me see. I feel like it's like five to like nine questions. It's not that many questions, right? And they're not even doing that, right? So, again, I think you, you know, and you have to, you have to be very mindful. Like, when you got that physician who, you know, who's, you know, doing for your annual visit uh, and, you know, a depression screen isn't one of them, you got to ask why. That's, you know, that's. I think that, I think that's I think that's really the the crux of today's uh, lecture. Learn is really um, one kind of identifying that um, a lot more people are depressed than you know what we even really want. Let me see, let me see, let me see. Uh, yeah. So uh, the crisis says, you know, a lot of more people are identifying. Um, I, one is identifying that you know d- depression is real. It is. Um, two, identifying um, you know. Uh, symptoms that may be present uh, in, in your patient. Like I said, it's a, such a wide range. It's a person who eats too much. It's a person who's not eating enough. You see a lot of weight gain. You see a lot of weight loss. Um, it's a person that's coming to your appointments for, you know, very vague reasons, but, you know, you're not really, you're not really seeing anything like out the ordinary. Um, it's a person who's uh, having trouble sleeping. It's a prob- person who's sleeping a lot. Like, you know, it, it, it's such a wide range that you just have to be very mindful and just keep, a, keep an open mind. And then when we when we talk about treatment, we know 
the guidelines said, we know the, this, the, the numbers show it, that the combination of therapy and medication works much better than than just medication alone, right? Because people, you know, people will quickly take a medication, right? But um, if you're not talking out those problems, if you're not trying to get to the bottom of why you're depressed, and again, well, I don't think, I don't, if you haven't, you know, been to a therapy session, you should. I'm very fortunate. My wife's a therapist, right? So I have to get, I have to go to these therapy sessions like every day. I feel like every day I'm going, and every day like, and I'll, and I'll peek because she'll be asking me very like weird. She'll be asking me questions. I'm like, hold on, are you trying? Is this a therapy session? Like. Relax, right? So uh, I go to the therapy sessions a little bit more frequently than I need to. Um, but what happens is, you know, yeah, they don't know. They don't know. They don't know. But again, as a physician, right? So exactly. Most people don't know what depression is, right? They just think it's this person who's, you know, on the couch and who's, you know, just somber, who's sad, who's not really doing nothing, right? Um, and they don't really know. There's so many different caveats to what a person could be depressed and what the person looks like in someone uh, that you know that's why it takes the professional I hope it takes a professional to say yeah you know what yeah I hear what you're saying um, and I hear you thinking you're not depressed but yeah everything you tell me means is screaming depression right so like I think that's where we got to get to right like the professional really have to take uh, a much more concerted effort in pulling out our de depression symptoms uh, and from from everybody else because that, that's really the goal, right? And we, we can't allow you know uh, the excuses no more, right? No more excuses in 2017, right? No more, no more. I, I can't afford help. We know that's a lie, especially if you're in Palm Beach County Medical Medical Health Association, Mental Health Association, Palm Beach County. Google it. A whole bunch of programs there. Google it in your county. I'm pretty sure there's a whole bunch of programs there as well. We we just can't allow it no more. We can't because we know it can be detrimental. Because um, again, if you're depressed. Uh, you're gonna have a trouble controlling that blood pressure. If you're depressed, you're gonna have trouble controlling your weight loss or weight weight gain. You're gonna have trouble um, sleeping. Uh, you're gonna have trouble staying awake. Like you're gonna have you waking up. You're like you're gonna have trouble with all of these things here. And then the end all be all. You know, if you're depressed, long term depression. Um, we know that in you know you're around children. We know that your children can pick up some of those signs and symptoms as well. So now your children can start presenting uh, with you know clinical aspects that could be of depression as well too. So this isn't something that. That, um, is you know uh, that only affects you, right? Hey, Naisha, thank you for joining. My sister-in-law joining. Uh, we talked about depression today. Went to a lot of great part. Uh, you know, a lot of shout out for my my social workers and my mental health therapists. Uh, y'all know I love y'all. Um, we talked about it. So yeah, we can't. No more excuses in 2017, right? Depression is just not only affect you; it affects everyone around you. And when I talk to my my physicians, when I talk to my physician colleagues, we have to do a much better job at even asking the questions. A lot of us aren't asking the questions. And I don't even know why no more, right? Like it's like I said before, before in hand they didn't get paid for doing it, right? But now they get paid for doing it, so there's no more excuses, right? You getting paid to ask your if your 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 patient is uh, depressed, go ahead and ask them. Um, don't ask it directly because they're always gonna say no. Um, but you know, ask them in a way where you can try to get to the bottom of it and get them some help. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Lunch and Learn with Dr. Barry. If you want to find out more about the episode, please go to www.lunchlearnpod.com. That's www.lunchlearnpod.com for the show notes and any links that may have been mentioned in today's episode. If you're interested in joining the Lunch Learn Pod community, head over to either the website lunchlearnpod.com or join us on Facebook and Twitter 
with the same username, LunchLearnPod. And again, you can find uh, all of these links on uh, the website. If you have any questions, any comments, or any requests for uh, topics to you know debut on the show, please let that be known. And don't forget to use uh, the hashtag LunchLearnPod when you're listening to the episode. Again, I want to thank you for taking the time to listen to today's episode, and I'll see you next week.